Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Amir Grigic, and today with me is uh, Evelyn van Kelle. She is a strategic software delivery consultant at Xebia. Oh, that's the, the longest function that uh, that I had uh, up until now, I think. Uh, welcome, Evelyn. Thanks, and uh, and I can imagine. So, so good job in uh, in getting that right at the first time. <laughs> the first time, <laughs> that was that was something that I, I was truly like hoping to get right the first time. So, uh, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and also your background? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so basically, I um, I ended up by accident in the IT world. That's what I uh, what I like to say. Uh, I actually studied organizational psychology, cognitive biases, heuristics, uh, and high performing teams. Um, and then I ended up doing uh, doing research um, on the uh, social success factors in, in agile development teams, and that was a really interesting uh, interesting research to do. So my main outcome there of that research was actually that having a uh, having a shared understanding, which has a, also a very uh, fancy scientific name, which is value congruence, um, was actually the most important predictor of success or, or quality. And that, that shared sense of reality to this day, that's actually still still my show pony uh, because I'm still convinced that, that that is the key to delivering high quality software and improving your, uh, your software delivery processes. So it's what I found in my research and it's now what I'm seeing in a lot of organizations. Um, so at one point I decided that I also um, wanted to go on stage and talk about that because I think that we should start looking at our, uh, our working systems and, and the systems that we're living in as, as socio-technical systems and not just focusing on the technical side, what we, uh, what we love to do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on that now actually. So I'm doing a lot of trainings, workshops, consultancy, um, going on stage at conferences, active in the community, that sort of stuff. So I'm, I really see it as my mission or my quest to, uh, to get that socio-technical um, yeah, uh, thing across and that we, can, uh, that we can start looking at our systems that way. Very cool. What uh, could you tell me? What spoke to you about the organizational kind of uh, the organizational psychology kind of direction that you went in? What, what was the kind of thing that uh, that drew you to that? Uh, that had a lot to do with with decision making processes and and teams and how how teams interact and collaborate. I I very often thought to myself like what what makes a team a team? And I've I've been playing tennis uh, for uh, the most part of my life, and we were operating <laughs> in a team there as well. Um, and then you, 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 st- well, I started thinking, um, like what makes us a team? This is just a group of people together. Um, we are functioning, we are functioning pretty good actually. So what, what is it that makes us a team? And I was always very interested in that. And, um, when it comes to organizations, the whole decision-making processes and the hierarchy that's in there and doing things the way we do it, like, why did we make certain decisions? Why are we still hung up on? organizational charts, for example, that sort of stuff. Like um, what makes a team a high-performing team? So I, I really found that in, in the organizational, organizational psychology uh, perspective. So that's, that's what really drew me to, uh, to that, actually. Oh, very cool. Well, what I was thinking about while we were talking about that is uh, one thing is uh, we, we are kind of stuck in uh, a lot of ways uh, in kind of cycles, like doing stuff like uh, the, the, uh, like the, 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 like conversations of how someone is functioning. Right. Uh, you ha- you have that kind of cycle every year where everybody's like, oh, we're going to set some goals for this year. And then a month later, nobody knows those goals anymore. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you go through that whole cycle, right? It sounds uh, like you have experience with that, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've, I've been on both sides. So I've been yeah. on both sides of, of doing the, those kind of conversations. And uh, th- that's one of the things that um, where I think like we we tend to do that because we think that's the right way to do it, right? We think yeah. that uh, uh, it's like New Year's re- resolutions, right? Everybody's like doing that, or at least a lot of people are doing that. And then a month later, they've forgotten about it because they're not thinking about the incremental steps that you need to take to get to the goal, right? True. Yeah, uh, and, and, so, and, yeah I agree. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Uh, what do you, what do you, so how do you, feel? is that also one of the things where you're like, okay, th- those are things that, um uh, that i see are some things that i would like to change as well how, how do you look at that yeah i think a lot of the stuff that we that we do in organizations is yeah because it's the way we've always done it for years i mean um a lot of organizations are are kind of structured in the same way we're doing the same things we all think we're very special but in essence we do a lot of the same stuff actually um and we do things because sometimes it just 
works for others. I see that in, 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 in the industry as well. Like, for example, DevOps, we put Dev and Ops in a room and we call it DevOps because it worked for Spotify or Google. And, and we just copy paste stuff. And it's not because it works for us and because it fits our culture or our organization, but we, because we think, well, it worked for someone else. So it should work for us as well. So it's, it's, yeah. I do want to change that sort of things, like doing things just for the sake of doing it. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very often perceived as that annoying person that asks the annoying questions because like, why are you doing certain things? What made you do this? Why are you making this decision or what led to this, uh, uh, to this decision? So I challenge that uh, because I do think that whatever we do and uh, whether it is about a technical choice or a non-technical choice, it should fit the organization and it should fit our goals. So we should think about what we are doing and why we're doing it. And I think that's happening not enough. So I try, I try to change that. Yeah, but that's that's a tough uh, a tough job, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, changing anything within a company is hard yeah. because people are used to a lot of stuff. Uh, and what you mentioned about uh, kind of Google and Spotify and stuff like that, uh, what I, a phrase that I use often is "you're not Google," <laughs> and that yeah, that and means like absolutely. you're you're not you're not that that company right you're not Absolutely. the same company maybe yeah. you're in the same field maybe you're in the same field of it or technology or however you want to call it but you're you're not at that scale you're not looking at that kind of company size right i mean the company size Octavia. i think you have a few hundred people maybe yeah, in, correct. in, in yeah. something like that yeah. uh, and um that's already different than having a company with maybe 20 30 40 people right that's Absolutely. already a big difference yeah. and uh, and and copying from Xabia to like 20 30 people also doesn't work right it's just no, i i agree uh, and, and and not just the size but especially the, the culture that's there in an organization i mean if you if you have if you have two completely different cultures then it won't work i mean you have to look at what kind of organization you are and what kind of culture you want to have or the culture that you're having and then make certain decisions and Maybe mm. a decision like DevOps um, works works perfectly from a technical perspective, but it doesn't work for your culture and your people. So then don't mm. do it. So that's yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. <laughs> we need to remember yeah, that. That. <laughs> that. That's something I've I've noticed myself. Um, we uh, when I, when we were building a pro and when I talk about we, it's kind of my, me and my team. Exactly. Uh, yeah. When we were th when we were thinking about uh, how we were building software because we were building up yeah. applications and stuff like that, what we noticed was we have such a small team that we everybody was like you need to do sprints, right? Everybody's like Scrum mm. and you mm. need to do sprints. And what we noticed was like okay, we're doing all these kind of mandatory things that are in there for sprints and being kind of agile and stuff like that. Uh, and what we noticed was it was just overhead. It was just right. talking about something which it was kind of forced, right? This was yeah. kind of a forced meeting to do a sprint review, uh, kind of forced to do uh, maybe a deployment every two weeks or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one decision we made was like, let's just do let's just do s simple Kanban, if you can, can call it like that. Just right. put everything in the backlog take the next thing that's in the backlog and then work through it and then deploy it when it's done, right? Was that, was that a big decision or a big thing? Did you notice any changes in the way <laughs> you, your team was, was operating or functioning or collaborating? <laughs> Well, no, uh, not. I mean, the team picked it up pretty quickly. But okay, uh, the yeah. the thing the the thing that I noticed was that you uh, were actually faster than doing it in sprints. Right. So you were yeah. delivering faster than you were doing it in sprints, and because that's something that, that for you. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 is just. Uh, maybe it's just the scale, right? Maybe it's just like where maybe there's a tipping point within a team where you think like, okay, sprints are pretty okay and will work, right? Th those are kind of the things that, uh, th that I look, how I look at, right? I don't, I'm not saying that everybody should do it the way we are doing it, but I, I feel like this works for us. Yeah. And, and it, 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 yeah, it requires someone to ask the question or to start challenging the way you're working. Like, is this really still helping us? Is this really still helping us achieving our goals? And yeah, it, it and takes I, if maybe just one person to, to ask that question, and yeah, yeah. Sometimes I I feel like it. it sometimes it comes from the team, and sometimes yeah. it's something that I just notice. Right? It's just you notice something in your team is not 
Well, I, I, I'm, I don't like meetings in general, so that's maybe uh, <laughs> that maybe also doesn't help in, in this kind of. <laughs> so I, 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 I always kind of say like meetings are poison, and that's that's uh, it's maybe a little bit harsh, but it is it does feel like that a lot uh, a lot of the time. So that's something that we um, we we tend to not do uh, as much as maybe traditional teams or something like that we we don't talk to each other i have a remote team which is also different so yeah. uh so you you you're not in the same room together so you tend to not uh, do meetings as much and you try to be efficient in that way right you just look at the 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 way you need to structure it around the way you work and that's it yeah but agreed. Uh, but but asking the question is one thing that uh, I think that you may, uh, may or may not agree. Uh, that's that's the hardest thing to do, I think, as a leader. Absolutely, yeah. Step back and say, like, okay, is the way we're w- working right now, uh, is it the way you should be working, right? Is yeah. it the way, is it, mo- I, I hate to say efficient because it does feel like that sometimes, right? No, but uh, I agree. It's, it's the hardest part. I mean, like you said, a lot of people notice uh, very often that something is off or you're, you, you find yourself spending way more time in, in meetings than, than spending time on the code. Um, and that's, that's a smell. I mean, that's a smell that something is not going well there, but it takes a lot of courage to actually explicitly say or, or challenge or question like, hey, is this thing that we're doing, is that actually still serving us or should we look into something else? Because you're proposing change, change, well, in general, um, nobody nobody likes change. Um, so yeah, you're proposing something there and you, you're asking something from, from the people in, in the team and the organization. So yeah, that, that takes courage, but I think that also makes a leader a good leader by daring to do that yeah mm. yeah and uh, I, I think you and i think that's a, a good segue to uh, to something else and that's like hiring people right it, it's like right. looking at people that are going to come into your culture and stuff like that um that's something that i look for in in a lot of the people that that are on teams that uh, i uh, manage is like how how adaptive are they to change right if we need to change tomorrow uh, is that going to be a problem right is it or are they going to go haywire and don't (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's the thing that's one of the one of the things i look at but um what do you feel are are some of the other things that um, are important for people that want to work uh, for example in a culture or in it in general yeah, I, I, I think the most important uh, thing, if you want to prevent that, is that you have to make sure before you hire someone that that person fits your culture. So that means uh, what I very often see happening in, in hiring processes is you talk maybe to one or two people and then you're hired or you're not hired. But that doesn't really say anything. Well, it, it can say a lot about your skills and, and, and how... Uh, how good you are and what you're doing but if if you are you can be the best in something but if you don't fit the team that you're landing in then yeah it probably won't work out so i think that is something that that we need to um, pay more attention to to really make sure that someone fits the culture that they are entering and that they want to fit that culture as well so that that also requires that that socio-technical complexity thing that i mentioned in the beginning i mean we cannot just focus on technical capabilities of someone you also have to make sure that that it's the right fit from a social perspective yeah yeah and the 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 thing i usually say is like it's like people first and technology second in that sense because i uh, I, I mean the technology is a hard thing right it's a hard skill anybody (laughs) can anybody that is kind of technical or is interested in it will learn that but you can't it's harder to learn someone to be a certain way or at least uh, have that kind of cultural sense, right? It's that's yeah. the that's the that's the key there. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and one one thing I was mentioned or what I wanted to mention is, uh, is that some something that you're already changing within your current company? So are, are those uh, things that you are looking for more now when you're hiring? So looking at the the social side more than maybe the technical side. Well, that's actually one of the the things that I most liked about my own hiring process at at Xebia, actually. There was a lot of attention um, for that cultural or social aspect. I talked to a lot of people within Xebia um, and within my team, especially. I think I met almost all my team before I I started there. Um, Mm. So it it was not just... And and I really liked that, that it was a, a good process of me getting to know the company 
uh, me getting to know the people that I would start working with. And it's, and, and, and that was, I really appreciated that in that hiring process. And uh, it's nice that you, uh, it's funny that you mentioned the people first technology second, because people first is actually one of the core values of our, uh, of our company. <laughs> So that's it's like, um, it's like yeah. I researched it. Yeah, it's almost like you like you practiced this, but yeah, I, I did it. I did it. I did not know that. No, but so that's that's, and I think that's a very healthy value to have. At the same time, it's very hard to to practice what you preach there. I mean, people first is 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 all. Um, that's what you want, and that's what you, what you want, and that's what I what what I value. Uh, but at the same time, it's also a very hard thing to to live up to because yeah, technology is easier in that sense, but. I think that the hiring process that, that I uh, had at Xevia was one of the best ones, actually, because there was so much attention um, just by getting to know the company and see if there was a fit with me um, being there. So there were actually no surprises when I, when I actually started at that job. I was not like, oh, this is different than I expected. So that's, mm. that was really good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so you you mentioned that you talked to almost everybody within the team. So, um, were those how were those conversations? Were, were those more on like a level of who are you, or was it more on like what can you do as well in the maybe technical sense or other qualities yeah. that you have? And now it was basically just getting to know each other. And I, I remember the the first the first uh, coffee uh, conversation that I had with one of my my team members, Pim. He um, we were sitting in, in the garden outside of Xivia and we were just having coffee talking about um, what, who I was, what I, yeah, we were just getting to know each other. We learned a lot about each other at that point and, and I was expecting, so I prepared a lot, of course, because, well, this is my hiring process, so I should prepare. Um, so I prepared a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, and then we ended up just talking for an hour to each other, just getting to know each other. And of course you talk about, what you did in in a in a working sense, or what you could do, or what you cannot do, and what you but it was mainly about what do you want to do, and 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 would it be a fit with us? So it was really on a personal level, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of companies, what will happen is that you will uh, you will maybe meet someone from HR, and you will meet yeah. someone that's a manager of your team, or uh, maybe the director of the company if it's a smaller yeah. company. Yeah. Uh, but you won't maybe not well maybe you will get to know one person from your team right and not yeah, like not the lot. whole team no. <laughs> yeah no. and how do how uh, because that's uh, i think interesting for people to know is uh get, look the, the technical stuff you can pretty much quant- quantify if someone can do that or not right yeah. you can ma- make an assessment on based on a test or whatever right yeah, um but and i did that too you... by the way it was not just all cozy and yeah fun. i did that too <laughs> yeah but how uh how do you quantify the the kind of cultural stuff so how do you uh, look at the cultural stuff and say okay this is a great fit is that just based on feeling or how do how do you how did they do that yeah that's the fluffy the the, the well you, you cannot see me do the quotation uh, sign but that's the, the, <laughs> yeah. the fluffy social side of it and and I think that's mainly indeed like by having those conversations and, and um, in that conversation, you are addressing your own values that you have, the things that you value in a company and in life in general. Um, and then you will notice if there is a, a fit or, or not. I mean, if, you, if you're talking to a few people, you will have that feeling and that sense of, okay, this might work or, or this might not work. And of course, it won't be uh, always successful, but I think in 95%, um, it really helps to just get to know each other because it will help you getting over some of your your own biases um, and that will that will really help. So um, what I really like there as well that that the team had a lot to say about whether someone is getting hired or not. It's not just based on your, your qualities, but mainly on is this a fit or not. And mm. um, and that was that was really um, yeah, I really appreciated that because, yeah, we, we discussed this over the phone as well. Most vacancies that we see, especially in our domain, it's just, do you have this, this, and this, and this technical capability? Yes, then you can come and, and chat. And if you do not have that, then, well, that's a shame. So that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get that process. So we can do better there. But you're hiring people, right? What What's your strategy yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, I totally agree on the uh, on the vacancy part because what you see there are just insane kind of things like 10 years of experience in mm. this, this and this, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're like, 
I mean, I get that you want a senior, if you can call it like that, but yeah. that's more of, more of a mindset, I think, than it is. Of course, you need to have some technical qualities, but it's not. It's more of a mindset, like how how fast do you pick things up? How fast yeah. do you learn things? Uh, yeah. So I, I look at that uh, the same way. Uh, when I, as I said, when I hire, I. It, for me, it's kind of like an 80-20 thing. So 80% mm. is like the, the social part. Like th- right. th- the, question, the question I always ask myself is, do I want to work with this person tomorrow, yeah. right? Do I, yeah. need, do I want this person in my team tomorrow if, I, if I'm hiring? Uh, if that is a meh or is a no, <laughs> that, yeah, that you should do it, of course. But yeah. even, if there is, if, even if there is doubt, you probably shouldn't do it. Uh, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I've had it before... Uh, I've had some situations where I was in doubt and where I thought like, I'm not totally 100% sure. Uh, and then you you men- you see that afterwards, like you should have said no, right? You mm. should have said, mm-hmm. don't do it. Um, how, however way uh, that may be uh, uh, annoying for that other person or whatever. I mean, that's just based on, uh, y- you need to, you need to base it off maybe one or two conversations. So that's also hard, right? A lot of people uh, have uh, have a difficulty with that. Uh, and I'm no exception. I mean, everybody makes mistakes in that in that respect. But yeah, but that's fine, a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an 80-20 thing. So it, yeah. it, it, they need to fit the team first. And then, uh, I mean, the technical side, uh, I can assess that. I can probably say, like, I can ask questions more more or less and also just looking at things like uh do you have a passion for this do you even like this right uh, <laughs> it, it, there's a lot of people doing jobs that they don't like yeah, that they true. that they really don't feel like doing uh, every day and that's something that uh, that you can you can assess that pretty quickly i think you can assess pretty quickly if someone is talking about a a particular thing with a passion or not if, mm-hmm. and and that also uh, that also says a lot about someone so uh, i i tend to not look at like degrees and stuff like that i really don't care i i really don't care if you have a master's degree or something like that i, I don't care it's i like just, that yeah but it, then we, we should change the vacancies right i mean it's yeah. in general it's it because yeah, yeah, they, yeah yeah <laughs> of course i mean there there should be some technical specifications but uh, it should be more about the the way um, uh, they sometimes put it in uh, vacancies, right? They put in like, are you a passionate developer or something like that? Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody's going to say that's the developer. Like, of course. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> going to say that about themselves. Yeah. Right? I'm passionate about this. Instead mm-hmm. of thinking about, do I really like doing this? That's something that uh, that a lot of people get wrong right i'm i'm constantly asking my question uh, me the question me myself the question like is this what i'm doing the right thing that i'm supposed to be doing right now yeah uh, <laughs> and and that's that's a healthy question to ask but that's that's something that um uh, the longer you're at a company, the harder that question becomes, right? And True. the harder it becomes Absolutely. to to because you you you're in that in that kind of space and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, from my perspective, as I said, for for hiring, uh, I look at that eighty twenty thing uh, because I think that's uh, I, I've. I've had situations where I had someone that's really good technically, like insane, insanely good, mm-hmm. but just didn't fit the team. Yeah, and then you're, you're, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, it so. doesn't work. And uh, what I what I wanted to to ask. So when people were assessing you, for example, mm-hmm. uh, what if one of the team members said no, like one of them? Yeah, well, actually, I, I, I haven't been in the uh, assessing uh, position myself yet, but I, I do know, like, when I did the assessment, um, uh, there were five people in the room, I believe. Yeah, there were five mm-hmm. people in the room. Um, and if one of them would have had doubts or, or wouldn't have liked it, then that would have been a, a pretty good discussion. Uh, and I don't think then I would be hired, actually. Um, because they, they, I, the heuristic that you mentioned, like, do I want to work with this person? Yes or no. I mean, if someone is, is, is has a strong no on that, then yeah, then will it fit? So that, that would have been a, a tough discussion, I think. Um, but I got hired, so I hope that that didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it, that, it that has, a, that, yeah, <laughs> pro- probably, but that would have had an impact. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think it's, uh, 
I think when I feel what I feel strongly about is even it what if it was a doubt like thing, then it, you already shouldn't be doing it, right? No, even if it's just yeah. one doubt, it's like a sign. Yeah. it's a it's like a sign. Some people just pick things up uh, easier than other ones, right? Some people yeah. are really very charismatic and can be very convincing in w- what they're telling, right? Mm-hmm. If they're having a, a a conversation about uh, or, or for example, if they come in for uh, for a job or something like that, they can be very convincing. They can talk about all kinds of stuff, but that doesn't mean you're fit for the for the job. That doesn't doesn't Correct. mean that, right? Yeah. So um, how um, I, I, when I look at it, uh, how important is kind of leadership in this kind of in all this, right? In in this hiring process, in uh, is, how how do you how do you see that? How have you seen that, for example, within Xibia, how, how is the leadership like, right? How is the leadership set up? Is that really that culturally driven uh, thing or how do you, how do you see that? How do you, uh, how do you assess that right now? Well, I think leadership has a, has a very important role in, in general. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's up to leadership for a, for a big part to, to, support and enable everyone within that organization to excel um Mm -hmm. you have to you as a leadership you have the ability and and the power and 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 the opportunity to create an environment in which people can excel so i think um as a leadership expressing the values and living the values of a company that's that's super important um and and that goes goes into a lot of stuff for the hiring yes but also just uh, innovation and 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 the the things that you can do with it, the, the ability to grow within an organization as a person as well. I think leadership plays a plays a crucial role there. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that, that's something that a lot of uh, people maybe also forget is um, when you're looking at development, a lot of people are looking at technical development, right? Mm. If you're a developer, people will say, for instance, you're looking for a course or something like that, right? Yeah. You, you want to d- develop some skills or uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. What you will often see is when it's a technical person is they will look at technical stuff, right? Yeah. They will look at like, uh, how can I get better at uh, building something in AWS or mm-hmm. how can I get better in building something in Google Cloud or whatever? Yeah. Uh, they will often not look at other stuff, like look at the personal stuff, at like maybe uh, being better at public speaking. Maybe yeah. you don't. Uh, maybe you don't enjoy that, but I, I think that's a crucial kind of uh, thing uh, nowadays to be able to communicate clearly about a particular thing, like an idea or something like that. Yeah. Um, how yeah. do you? How do you see that? So how do you? How are your kind of? Uh, uh, how do you see? that evolving like um do you see that as also something from leadership to look at like okay not just the technical stuff you need to be good at but also just the personal development on a personal level yeah it's partly leadership but i also think that's that's a huge responsibility for for individuals as well i mean Mm. it's eventually it's it's up to you if you if you want to excel and if you want to grow and that also has yeah that, that gets back to do you fit this company or not? If this company is focused on letting people grow and stuff, then yeah, if you're, if you don't have that ambition and that's fine, but then maybe this is not the right company for you. Um, but, but that's exactly that, that socio-technical part. I mean, uh, in most vacancies, most trainings, we're focusing on, on um, the technical skills that someone has, but how, how are you on that, on that social level? I mean, that's a, that's a very important thing. And, um, that's, for example, why I, I, I give trainings myself as well. Um, a lot of them are related to domain-driven design. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that, all, that is actually a, a perfect way or approach that can actually, yeah, balance that socio-technical complexity that's in there because it's both b- focused on the technical part, but it's also for a huge part focused on, on the social part and, and how you yep. collaborate with each other and how you communicate with each other. So that's, yeah, that's, that's why I really like that, actually. Yeah. So, uh, could you tell a little bit about what that domain-driven uh, design is? Because uh, maybe a lot of people don't. Uh, yeah. I, I just I just heard about it maybe two weeks ago. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm also kind of new to the whole concept. But yeah. uh, could you tell it uh, tell a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's not the holy grail, unfortunately. I wish I could tell you that <laughs> um, <laughs> because we're still looking for that, right? Um, but yeah. it's basically it's it's an approach it's 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 a way of thinking that can that can really help you and the, the subtitle of, of the book by Eric Evans is tackling complexity in the heart of software so it's a 
way of dealing with complexity uh, that really relates to a socio-technical approach. It's balancing people, technology, and, and processes. And as the name suggests, it's about domains. Um, and basically, the, the subject area um, uh, that you're working in, that's your domain. And it's really helpful to know in which context these, these domains appear. So, um, for example, an organization can be active in, in multiple domains. Let's say uh, sales, transport, uh, logistics, uh, marketing, uh, development, whatever. These are examples of, of domains. Um, and these are different for all sorts, of, uh, all sorts of organizations. So what you do with domain-driven design is you kind of discover these, these domains. Um, and we use a lot of visual collaboration tools. So that means that we just start... Um, posting stickies on a wall and writing stuff and, and drawing stuff and standing a lot. It's not a lot. It doesn't have a lot to do with your computer and, and being on there. Um, so what you do there is you, you start to discover these domains within your organization um, and you do that collaboratively. So you don't just do that with, uh, with the development team or with a bunch of engineers. You get everyone in that has relevant domain knowledge. So that can be people from marketing or legal or HR, uh, of course, development as well but you get this process or this big picture, you get that right together. So everyone knows what the context is. And when you start talking about that, you actually get that dialogue and you, um, you can start thinking about models because naturally boundaries will appear and then you can start mapping these domains. So you will get a very logical picture of yeah, the, the landscape or the areas that you are working in. And because you've done that together and it's not just a, a one man job or a one woman job, sorry, um, it, it becomes a, a shared understanding. And you have to have that discussion before you even start thinking about modeling some software. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's really helpful. That's a really, really great tool to use, actually. Yeah, tool, yeah. it's not a tool, it's an approach, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and how, do you, how do you kind of implement that afterwards? Because I can imagine if you, if you have those domains, you know what they are, uh, how does that help you in that process afterwards? Yeah, well, what, what's, what, what's one of the biggest added values for me is that you, once you have those, those domains, you can also um, decide and, and make, a, make a decision on which domain is, is core, which is supportive, and which is generic. So you can actually start making uh, shifts in priorities, and you will see, like, this is really important, so I can start allocating resources in a, in a correct way. And by resources, I do not mean people, by the way. Um, but it's, it's very helpful because you, you start modeling, and after you, you've done that modeling, then you can start to think, how can I model my software in, in a way that, is, that maps to what we just decided collectively? So there are ways that you can actually implement those models that you created into your software. Um, and that, will, that, that requires a different way of thinking and, and doing stuff. Um, but in the end, everyone knows what's going on. You're speaking the same language, uh, the language that you were using yeah, offline is the same as you're using in, in the code. Um, so it will really help you in, in getting that shared understanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you talk about these things like a core and stuff like that, yeah. then that usually translates to something as a core uh, of a product, right? Uh, and in, inside of a software product, that could be like the most important features, right? The, the, could what, be, every, yeah. what everything revolves around. Let's, let's yeah, put it like could that. Be. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the core, the core domain is usually the thing that's making you money. I mean, that's, this is mm. your, your unique selling point. Let's say it's, it's not something yeah. it's, it's unique for your company. It's what you do and it's what it what's Yeah. It's the most important thing uh, to you. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, uh, if I take uh, the company I work at right now, we build surveys, we send them out, we collect responses and then mm -hmm. uh, you export them or have it in some kind of visualization. Right. So that, that's the, that's, it's funny, I didn't even know about the term, but that's the way we started building the first version of a new application. It was, nice. <laughs> it, it, was, it was basically like just putting in, okay, we need to have the whole chain of things that you should be able to do, right? And that right. was like logging in, signing up, uh, and then having some way to manage your forms, your mm -hmm, surveys mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, being able to create a survey, which is, of course, Im important, and then being able to collect responses and being able to export them. Th and those how, are... let me, uh, one question, how did, you, yeah. how did you do that? I mean, did you do that in, in a room with, with all of you together? Or how oh, did hell you no. Get to this? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, 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 this, no it, it, of course, there's discussion about this, but uh -huh. you, uh, we have an existing system. So we know, uh, like, the the... 
it's kind of like stripping down the whole system that we have right now right. and just yeah. saying like, okay, these are the things that people really need to do. And it's also looking at like, what kind of a company do you want to be, right? Do you want to, uh, because we have a lot of stuff in our old system, which works fine and uh, works works really good actually. Uh, but it also depends on if people are going to use it at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, for example, if you have dashboarding, do people, does does it, make sense for your clients to have that dashboarding or does it make more sense to be able to just export the data and put it somewhere else right, right. they have their yeah. own bi bi tool or their own dashboard or something like that so it, it was more of a discussion like okay what are some of the core things and um basically after that it was more kind of my thing to to say like okay these are the things that we really need in a v1 as i call it like a first version right mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the thing that actually someone could use but it doesn't have all the functionalities yet that you maybe would want to have right, right. it's it's usable uh, some people call it the mvp or yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it but uh, i i kind of saw it as a MMP minimal marketable product in a sense of uh, <laughs> in a sense of being able to actually sell it if to, if you wanted to afterwards. So that's that's a, that's a process. It was just more of a discussion with people, and I talked to pretty much everyone in the company every. I wouldn't say every week, but almost every week, right? And it could be around just what are some of the stuff that come out of uh, talks with customers or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you know, I've been working at the company for seven years. So you know what the kind of important things are for people. So you know, these are kind of the essential things that you need to have in there to be able to do research in this case. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it isn't a formal process. Not It wasn't like, okay, let's get together. Let's <laughs> get all the domains and stuff like that. It wasn't like that. It was just like, let's start and see like, okay, these are the things that we need. And then, right. uh, and then we start building. So that's yeah. that's how we did it. But uh, I can imagine that. How how was that process like? Because uh, Xebia does a lot of things. Uh, how was that process like? To have you done it uh, internally, and how was that process like? <laughs> uh, well, that would be uh, that would be a good idea. No, we haven't done that internally. Um, yeah. At least not that I'm aware of. Um, but that would be uh, that would be an interesting exercise, I think. <laughs> Do, yeah, but, because yeah. you you are you are uh, you build software for a lot of companies, or at least work with a lot of companies uh, yeah, building correct. software. So yeah. you don't really, I don't know if you have a real product yourself in a sense of a software product or something like that. No, you, not really. You, no, it's, it's no, no, no. It's more of a service, right? You, yeah, correct. You're providing yeah. a service. Yeah. So uh, I'm cur curious how that would look like when you are doing a kind of domain-driven design on that on that. Part, right yeah that would uh, be interesting it would be interesting yeah. to do yeah so maybe it's uh it also might be more challenging um because of course yeah, and, and we wouldn't be that objective as facilitators because we were involved sure. obviously but yeah. it, it might be it might be a good exercise yeah but yeah and the benefit of course is if you do that at a, do this at a company that you don't know you can be yeah you're like you're not biased yet because you you have no yeah, clue what objective. they're doing and and that really helps but it's what you really what I often see happening is is when we when we start doing DDD domain driven design we start bridging the gap between business and IT and I do think that maybe I mean talking about practice what you preach maybe maybe we should do it maybe we should plan something in uh, within yeah. our own company yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it would be interesting I think that uh, especially companies that provide a service it's a little bit different than it is for companies that have a product, right? If you have a product, you can pretty much map that out as as we did, for example. Just map out, okay, this is the product, this is kind of the core of the product, and this, this is yeah. what everything revolves around, right? Yeah. And if you're doing a service, that could also be a thing that you do, but it would be more in a sense of like, what are our kind of core services that we provide? Like the core services that yeah. uh, everything revolves around within our company. And you yeah. can also prioritize that. Like, okay, we need to put in more effort into putting uh, this service, for example, more forward or something like that. Is that how it would work, for example? It, it might work like that. I think that the biggest the biggest first advantage that we that we would know and that, that I see happening at companies is that you 
yeah, you you actually start to understand each other, and that sounds very trivial, but yeah, that's that's what ha- what's happening because very often mm-hmm. we are we are stuck in our own bubble and our own domains, and and we have no clue what's going on uh, outside of that bubble. Um, so it helps you to to understand things and and get things into perspective because we all have our own mental model of of what we're doing, but all of our mental models are different and and most often they are incomplete. So it's, if you get those, those on the table and if you start talking about them, um, then you will get to a more complete picture. And and if you have that complete picture, then you can use that to, to make decisions uh, based on, on that picture. So that's, that will help you make probably better decisions. Yeah. That's what I, what I see happening at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think it's it's harder to as you said it's harder to do within a company that has a lot of people right because True. if you uh, say for instance uh, uh, if I look at the the company I work at uh, we have like maybe ten or twelve people something mm-hmm. like that in mm-hmm. in total so I can pretty much speak to everyone yeah. uh, on on a regular basis about like things like okay w- what's going on and stuff like that you can't do that if you have 200 people that's going to be harder right if you have 200 <laughs> 300, whatever True. Uh, yeah that, that's i think that's uh that's where this comes in because you may not even maybe that's a little bit too far but you may not even know someone really at the other end of the company that doing something yeah, else right that's perfectly uh, yeah that, that could happen yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. and that's that, that's something that uh i've noticed i've worked in a company with uh with that amount of people is i i maybe knew everyone that was in the kind of the location i was working in but the mm-hmm. other locations that were there i really didn't know too much of the people that were sitting there right uh, yeah true and, and and yes that's that's true but i've also seen it happening at smaller companies that people have just no clue what other teams or other other true. rooms even even are doing and so what we always yeah. do and that's harder to do now because we are all working from home but usually when we when we do this exercise for example this event storming thing um at companies we make sure that there's a a very huge wall that we can just use where we can have some brown paper and a lot of stickies on there that it's visible it's there and then sometimes people walk by and they see that they see that that thing on the wall and they think hey you're missing something there or you're mm. you should look maybe you should look at it this way so it's 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 also something like if you've done it once it's not finished i mean it's an evolving and continuously ongoing thing and if you if if it's visible then people will eventually give their opinion and you will improve it so that's that's what what really helps and of course it's easier in smaller companies but like i said some smaller companies have have no clue at all so, yeah yeah, yeah. It, ha- it happens I, i've seen like the, the the tipping point to me at least where i've seen it is when you go from like maybe 30 people to 50 people something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. the, the, somewhere between those numbers you see that kind of tipping point of not people not being able to kind of see what everybody's doing right is also just being curious i mean i'm kind yeah. of a, i'm just i'm just a nosy person by 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 nature so i, oh, I your I will... team members will be so happy with you yeah. <laughs> no but i i i genuinely want to know like okay what what's going on like yeah. what what kind of things are you are kind of the roadblocks that you're walking into especially mm-hmm. from a technical perspective that's it's it's good to know right i don't need to do something with it immediately but i know like okay these are kind of issues that uh, people are running into and maybe we can solve that down the road um and i would i would usually just write them down somewhere uh, just so i know like okay uh, this is something that maybe could be a, a particular product feature or something like that right and uh, it, it doesn't always come from, it, it's funny, it doesn't always come from a client, right? It doesn't always come from no, a client. Uh, no. uh, it, it can, it, it mostly is someone that talked to a client or whether, or maybe they were just doing it themselves in our system as like, why are we doing it this way, right? Yeah, <laughs> correct. Could, yeah. could we do it, <laughs> could we do yeah. it in, a, in, a, in a better way, right? It's, it's not efficient enough or we, we're doing too many uh, too many actions just to get to a particular point. So, yeah. uh, so those are those are things that I've uh, I've seen as well. But it, it's it's an interesting process I think to go through. I, I haven't done it. I have. A, I, w- I would probably want to do it sometimes just to, just to see how that would look like, right? And right. what you could do with it because I'm always kind of curious in this kind of organizational structures, or at at least in organizations in general, like what what are some of the things that make 
a particular teams tick, right? What 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 are the the values that they can provide to my team or whatever team uh, there is, right? So I I talk to I actually do some because it's a smaller company. You also do some sales, right? You also go to mm. a client and talk to a client, and I, I I usually say to the salespeople as well, like if you have a, a sales meeting next time. Just take me along for the ride. I don't have to have any input or something like that. But it's, just, it's cool to see. There, there are a lot of there are some companies that actually do it differently. They they let you work support for like first two weeks or first three weeks, just so you get a sense of what kind of comes in as support tickets and stuff like that, right? If it's a product company, for example. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that I I feel like are uh, could be beneficial to yeah. to someone uh, someone getting to know like the whole organization instead of just their team and that's it right? yeah i agree yeah definitely yeah so uh looking towards the future so how, where do you where do you kind of see this this hiring and and the culture going uh, in in the future is it uh is it this kind of way to to do it uh, through that uh, domain driven design or is it something else that you also see uh, also see changing yeah, it could help, um, but as I said, it, it's not the holy girl. And I see things changing. I mean, I see there's now we now have have open discussions about um, uh, about, for example, the vacancies that we have. The the, the blog from my colleague Paul, he he wrote on that, like the vacancies for architects. Um, we we are having discussions about it. It's not it's not a given anymore that this is the only way that's right. So I do see that we are very slowly moving towards that more socio-technical approach, um, but very slowly. Um, mm-hmm. But at least we, there, the, the awareness is increasing and we, we can start having these discussions and we can challenge certain, certain things that, that we have known and that, we, that we're used to for, for so long. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's changing and I think there's a lot of responsibility there on, um, on all of us. Um, yeah, to just start challenging stuff and to just start asking questions. And yeah. I think we, we, we are starting. Uh, it will take us a few years, pro- <laughs> probably, if I'm optimistic. It happens, yeah. yeah. But, but I, think, I think we are, yeah, we are getting there slowly, yeah. Yeah. How, how do you get, because that's one question I wanted to ask, uh, how do you get people along for the ride? So how do you get people to change with you? Like change in, in the way... Uh, maybe you or your colleagues uh, uh, kind of intended it to be. How do you how do you bring that change? Yeah, that's a, that's obviously one of the hardest parts of my job. It's always <laughs> the, the actual, hardest question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the the change part. But but I do think that um, again, it comes down to to really understanding each other and having that that shared sense of reality. So it's it's really about getting to know each other asking questions and and then you can slowly start to increase that awareness of why this certain change might be necessary you should always you should also be able to show what it will um what it will get you i mean the question what's in it for me is always a fair question and you should always be able to to answer that um and there should be some incentives i mean positive or negative uh, preferably positive uh, but you can do a lot and you can you can talk a lot and present a lot and then get people a lot of documentation and arguments. But eventually, uh, if we really want to change behavior, then there should be some sort of an incentive there. And, and that's what we what we should think about when we when we do these these uh, these these projects. And when very often when we when we come in at a company and we start doing domain driven design and then people come in for an event storming workshop, for example, um, and we ask them like, okay, you're sitting down now, but the rest of the day you will be standing. You won't be using your laptop. Here are some stickies and uh, and a sharpie, and and let's go. You you see these 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 resistance sometimes in the beginning. Like, um, okay, what are you expecting from me? What are we gonna do? Um, so it's it's a change. But if you, for me, what really works is just start showing results as soon as possible. Just share what's going on, share those results, um, and then think about the, the positive uh, incentives that, that are uh, related to that. Yeah, and it's, and it's uh, all down to support. Uh, I've, I've noticed that. It's like, uh, if you have the support for someone that's uh, maybe in management or something like that. Absolutely. And, uh, geez, uh, yeah. I mean, it um, people 
underestimate how important that is, right? Absolutely. If, yeah. if they have some doubt, that will shine through to the people that you want to maybe influence or get the, get to move in a certain direction. That that's something that I've I've noticed a lot. Yeah, I completely agree. That's also I, you should, and that's I I never forget management in in these processes. I mean, just having regular coffee and conversations with with them being transparent and and making sure that you know what worries them and what makes them happy and what their concerns are just that that's crucial that's a crucial yeah. aspect of what we're doing yeah very cool so i have one more question uh, to wrap up mm-hmm. so uh, the last question i always ask um what are you most proud of since you started at the uh, exibia it's yeah, not that... been a long time, I think, right? No, I've started the last uh, November, October, October, last October. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a long time, and it's a, it's a hard question as well because then you being proud of yourself is always uh, is always uh, hard to do. Um, but so I have been I have been thinking about it, but I I honestly think it's it's what we've accomplished so far with this team. I am uh, I'm surrounded by a very quirky group of. Uh, like-minded people uh, and we all so really believe deeply believe in this this change that's needed that that move towards socio-technical thinking um and we've been doing a lot to get there and i think that the things that we're doing there with that with that group especially not just me but with that group um yeah i'm really proud of that we have we have meetings regularly and then i'm sometimes i'm just listening and and yeah, listening to what's being said and what we've accomplished and, and how we are increasing awareness at customers at conferences. And I'm like, yeah, we're doing a good job there. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. You're bringing change, right? That's the, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So uh, how can, uh, how can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah. Twitter, LinkedIn, my website. Uh, there are uh, lots of talks uh, of me online and conferences. So if you want to hear me talk even more than uh, you can. Uh, but I, I can share them with you and um, sure. yeah, I'll share we can the, uh, add the links. Yeah, I'll put them in the show notes. And uh, Xibia is uh, on xibia.com, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks a lot, uh, Evelyn. It was uh, very, very cool talking to you. Uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of topics, but uh, very <laughs> cool, uh, very cool uh, indeed. Uh, and of course, for the listeners, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com. Uh, and uh, there's a newsletter uh, with five things about uh, business, technology, and leadership. Uh, you can find that on uh, bitsvsbytes.com slash newsletter. And uh, I would like to thank you for listening. And until next time.